Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to episode 101 of Garibaldi Red from Nottinghamshire Live. My name is Matt Davis, hosting as ever, and I'm here today to discuss Forest's very impressive 3-0 win over Preston, staying nicely into the international break. Uh, joined so in the company of, first of all, former Reds midfielder, a real fan favourite, the Chains podcasting, Guy Moosey. Guy, hello, are you well? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And also joining us today is Reds fan uh, Max Hayes. Max, you've been on once before, but not for ages. So thanks for joining us today. Are you well? Yeah, not too bad. I think Guy's probably got a better title than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you're both equal in my eyes. Don't worry, you're both equal. So uh, yes, uh, episode uh, 101. So people should go and check out 100 from last week. If they haven't seen it, it's really good. From the City Ground with Paul Hart, uh, David Prutton and Gary Bertels. But we're here to talk about Forest today and at the weekend. Um, Guy, you were yes. at the game. You were back. Was it your first game with crowds back? First game yes. for a while? Yes, it was. Yes, actually. So it's first game since uh, six lockdown. And uh, 20, 27,000, I think it was. That was amazing. Amazing, you know, um, atmosphere. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I haven't been in a stadium. I really watch football since lockdown because the situation was a little bit, you know, difficult and i think that the atmosphere of a stadium with alfine was just different and uh yeah so it's nice to uh to get back and see the the same atmosphere twenty-seven thousand, uh and the three with a three uh three nil win it's a beautiful beautiful day did it feel like a club in a, a happy place when you were there were, were fans felt pretty optimistic and happy to see you as well i guess Yes, yes, yes. I always have a good welcome, so so that was fine. But as I said, from from what I've seen with the new manager so far, um, you know the, the people still seems to be pleased. Uh, they enjoy more the type of football that we're playing, and um, and you can tell, you know, twenty seven thousand people. Uh, um, it's, it's a good attendees, you know. So we must have they must be happy to come and watch the the way of the the team perform. Max, what did you make of the game itself? Were, were Forest was it a, a fair reflection? For us, a good value for three 0 overall? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think I was speaking to people outside the um, the ground after, and, and I was saying actually that really, when you think about it, Forest have, have have come against kind of tougher teams in the past um, than Preston, um, and, and and probably even teams that sometimes Forest should have maybe scored two or three against and. This time it felt like maybe actually the scoreline, in my opinion, wasn't wasn't didn't really reflect that much of the performance. However, three goals at home, you know, the performance was good, and especially in the first half, I thought Forest played well. I thought we kind of never say die attitude, just like we've had all the time. And and, and what I like with Cooper and the way he's kind of set up the team is when you're winning one or two nil, you're hungry for more, and 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 you're still going for. For, for for an extra goal and not sitting back like we do, you know, before with previous managers and, and, and playing for that one nil win. So that was good to see. And like Gisa, the atmosphere was 
spot on on Saturday. I thought he was the best it's been in a long time and um, was quite surprised actually. Game against Sheffield United wasn't that lively, the City ground on a Tuesday night, but game against Preston was was really lively and I just think there's a real um, good feeling around the club at the moment. Preston haven't really changed as a team since you were playing against them, Guy. They're always a, a pretty sturdy, good side in the Championship. What, mm-hmm. what did you make of Forest and how they went about the game and the style they played under? Because I assume it's the first time you've seen them in person yeah. under Steve Cooper. How, how impressed were you? Um, I was really impressed and uh, really pleased because um, they were really playing the front foot, you know. So um, it was, it seems to me, to be uh, to be really attacking football type of play. Um, a lot of pressing also. <clears throat> and uh, in the end of the game, um, I want to speak with uh, Greg Cunningham, you know, that was uh, that was playing for Preston. And he played for us uh, the season, potentially 2011-2012 or 2012-2013. And um, he had the same, you know, the same feeling. He said that uh, the way they were, we were pressing them, they were they couldn't they couldn't deal with it. So um, I think you know it's it's a really it was really enjoyable. And that's now uh, well, it's ten games since Hewton left, and it's nine under Cooper. Um, Twenty one points in those ten games, max four points off the playoffs. It's all looking quite uh, quite rosy at the moment, and good momentum taking the international break. I mean, as you were probably actually, I heard you on Five Live when Hewton went, and you, you know you sounded very eloquent, but you were at rock bottom. How are you feeling right now? Positive, mate. It, it feels weird because normally us Forest fans have got something to moan about, um, but for <laughs> once, maybe maybe we haven't. Um, but yeah, the way Cooper's kind of galvanised the team, and, and I think also, and, and maybe Guy can comment on this as an ex-player, but. The way that he, he's kind of changed players, you look at players like Colback, uh, Yates and, and Graben as well, full of confidence, players that used to get a lot of stick and the fans have got sometimes on the back of them sometimes. But now they seem like they're really wanting to to play and, and, and just seem to be in, enjoying their football. And I think as well, when they speak to the media as well, you can kind of hear how, how, how happy they are to be under Cooper. And that's positive because it's good to have that feeling at the club. But um, yeah, things are... Things are positive and, and, and Forrest can go from strength to strength. The international break will give us time, but it'd be interesting to see whether we could make the playoffs at the end of the season, maybe being a bit too optimistic. But um, some, <laughs> someone said to me that they've got their hotel book, so, you know. <laughs> uh, let's get to the playoff and promotion. Guy, what are, I mean, I know, fans are dreaming. Gary Bertels is often on this show saying one game at a time. You're another former player. Can Forrest yeah. make the playoffs or are you still very much one game at a time? I would say one game at a time, but we need to dream at some point, you know. But and uh, but sometimes the difficult part is to um, to uh, we want the manager to have time, we want the squad to have time, but in the same time, if they don't make the playoff in the end of the season, we will be like, oh, it's a disappointment. There's always finding the right balance between we know what we want, but we know that there is a process behind it, and what's the process? How long would it take? And then we have to stick to this. But, you know, sometimes it's we have to come all together and say, OK, this is the plan. We want to reach the playoff or the Premier League. We have to stick with this manager. But if we stick with this manager, we have to start somewhere. And then we have to start with a game pl- uh, with a plan of one or two or three years or whatever. And then after this, we will uh, we will we will see, you know. But then sometimes um, people don't realize how big is the football club, Nottingham Forest. And. That's what I said when I came on Saturday. The difference between my time and this time is we didn't have social media. When I first came at Forest, I didn't know that much about the club. I didn't know that it was that big. My parents and my family knew about it, but not me. So then I was playing with free, with, with freedom, no pressure in my mind because I didn't know. 
But now it's different. We know the history of the club. We know the demand of the football club. And then we, with all those things and the social media, it's really hard for the player. Playing for Nottingham Forest is totally different than playing for Blackpool, for example, or playing for, for Preston, with all the respect that I've got for those teams. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that this is the difficulty. So sometimes, I know it's hard because I would be the first one to say, hey, you better be in Premier League as soon as possible because I want to watch that. But <laughs> we have to uh, take our time, you know, and, um, and then, you know, take game by game. Be pleased with the, the, the with what the manager is achieving so far, and then we will see by the end of the season. Um, I suppose if Forest are going to do anything this season, a lot of it's contingent on having someone's putting the ball in the net. And Lewis Graben's the man to do that at the moment. He's got eight goals in seventeen this season now, and fifty league goals for Forest. The first strikers to do that in almost twenty years now since uh, Marlon Harewood. I mean, Max, you've seen. A few decent strikers, a Sombra longer, I guess. Uh, Antonio played out wide. I mean, where's Graven rank in the, the strikers that you've seen in your, uh, whatever, 15 years supporting Forest, let's say? Yeah, well, I'm 17, so I've supported Forest since about five or six now, I think. I think, I think, I think in fact, one of my first games, Guy was playing. Um, so, I, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I can remember strikers. I can vaguely remember Robbie Earnshaw. Um, but I, I think I think in terms of where Graben ranks is I think um, he's quite a different player, a different striker to most that you will see. Sometimes he's not that active, but sometimes he's just at the end of things and a bit of a, a poacher's talent. And that's something that Forrest need is, is someone just in the box with that presence and, and, and someone that can get on the end of those crosses or balls. And, and obviously Forrest with, with, with the fullbacks we've got at the moment with Max Lowe and, and Jed Spence that are making those runs and constant crosses into the box is that you need somebody like Graben and, and, and his presence is really shown when we um, play games. So, so yeah, in, in terms of where he ranks, I, I would definitely put him in the top three. Um, Asamba Longa gave us some good memories, but I don't think we've ever had a player as, as probably like Graben who can, I'd actually say be consistent. He, he, he gets a lot of criticism for being lazy, but I think a lot of the time he, 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 he gets the criticism for being lazy because he doesn't get a lot of service. Um I see Lyle Taylor giving a go more um, in, in, instead of coming on as a substitute. But I think Graben's the number one and I think his confidence is high at the moment as well. How would you find, find playing behind Graben in midfield if you had your boots on now, Guy? Would he frustrate you or are you happy to have a player that's sometimes a bit in and out of a game if he's going to nick you a goal? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question because if I come back to, uh, to what Mark just said, it's, he's always in the end of things, you know? So he's the one that you know that doesn't matter, he will score goals. So um, I would say in the construction of the game, maybe I could be a bit frustrating, maybe. But then in the end, I want a striker that will score goals. Me, I was defensive midfielder. So I was like, defending and not conceding goals is part of my job. And then when you're a striker, all I want is for you to score goals. So I need to put you in a situation that you can score goals. So sometimes it's also understanding the type of striker that we have and then if we decided that this is the main striker because it doesn't matter what, if we score goals, then we have to adapt the right strategy to be able to play around him. And um, and that's it. The team has to make some sacrifice. If he's the goal scorer of the, te- of, of, the, of, the, of the team right now, then we have to play for him. Mm. Uh, he's um, 33 and in the last year of his contract. I remember, Guy, when you were on here before, you spoke about uh, under Billy... There was a time when everyone was entering the final year of their contracts, I think, and it made yeah. things a bit less certain. What's it like for you, for a player, to be on the final year of his contract? 
does it uh, make things a bit tricky to play or do you always do you think Graven will have that way out of the back of his mind when he's on the pitch or what uh I don't f- I think for him the more goal he scored the better it will be for him either it is at this football club or another football club so I don't think that's a is a big of an issue I would say when you're younger maybe it could be a little bit more affected because with all the respect for Graben, I don't think that tomorrow he's going to have a big transfer in Manchester United or something like that. But then when you're young, a young player, you're 21, then you could be affected because you know that your next move can be um, the next path of your career, you know. So Graben is not really in that type of, you know, of, of path. I think he's done his career so far. He will carry on playing. Hopefully uh, he can bring us to the Premier League or whatever. But it's, it's really different between a, a young um, a young football player and someone with more experience gained toward the end of, this, of his career. So I think he will stay, he will remain professional and, and do what he has to do, you know. So I don't have, I don't have any doubt about it. I think we'll, we'll talk more about transfers in January a bit coming up, Max. But um, do you, you mentioned Taylor there. I mean, do you still think Forrest need that third striker that everyone said they did in the summer? Is that something that's still essential or do you think it might... I think Graven always wants to be the man and if you bring a third player in, it might hamper him a bit. How are you feeling about bringing a third striker in in January? Yeah, I know that Graven's, again, had a lot of criticism for his attitude, but I think really having the option of another player in that position and adding to the depth to the squad and Forrest have got quite a big squad and I always thought as well under Hewton with... And obviously, Cooper wasn't here. That you know, it, it, it was a squad that probably should have been out in the starting eleven. And Colback being one of those players, for example. Um, but yeah, in 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 terms of Taylor, um, he comes in against Bristol City and he scores two goals. He is a player that he likes, you know, wind the opposition up a bit. And I think he's quite good to have as a little bit of a presence on the bench as well. But I don't know. I, it's a difficult one. I think a third striker would be valuable for Forest. Um, I'd like to see perhaps a young, hungry striker. Um, you've got to realise Taylor and Graben are quite, you know, no disrespect to them both, but, you know, um, getting on now, and, and especially Graben is. So I'd like to Easy for a 17-year-old to say. Yeah, so, yeah sorry about that. Sorry, <laughs> um, so, 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 yeah, I'd like to see a, um, you know, a young striker and, and potentially even giving someone from the academy um, a chance. Cooper has always talked strongly about the academy and, um, you know, lots of academy graduates that, could feature in the first team so why not see if there's there's an option in the academy the under 23s for a striker uh max very nicely leads as mentions the academy which leads perfectly into my next question uh gee what did you make of brennan johnson seeing him in person forest fans are very excited about him yes uh, very good very good very good player and um i've i've watched him coming through a little bit from um from a few years now i've seen what he's been doing uh, when he went on loan also and uh, it's really good to to see some young uh, some young players coming breaking through and and doing well. And as I said, it's also the the DNA of the football club. If you look at in the past of the of, of the years of Atlético Forest, at least since I arrived at the club in 2008, we always had some youngsters go, coming through the the, the academy and uh, breaking through the first team and doing well and going maybe elsewhere also. Such by uh, Jamel Lassell, Carl Darlow, uh, Patrick Bamford, Ben Osborne, and uh, and so on. So um, it's um, it's really good to 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 see that, and I hope that he had a, a bright future for the football club. 
do you think they can keep him? Players, I mean, players get sold these days, don't they? And yeah. one of your one of the things you said was players are bought in to be sold. I remember in the latter days yeah. of your your career. I mean, what do you think the future holds for Brennan? I think if he's carrying like this, it will be always the um, uh, the stretch, that's what I call it, between we manage to keep him because we can propose him game time and more parents, so it will uh, he will have more experience and uh, the opportunity to go to a bigger club and not necessarily be in a starting eleven. So it's just a matter of you know how big is the club and you know there is many things involved also money wise. And uh, and stuff like that, and uh, and the other end, what can we, what can we offer him, and uh, in terms of visibility, in terms of playing for his football club, in terms of you know, uh, being the starting eleven week in week out, so something that really important to build to build up your your confidence, you know. So um, hopefully he can take the right choice, and I think you know if it's he's got a good surrounding around him, then they will help him out to make the the best decision. Uh, interesting comment from Lee here. We're, I'm veering back to Grabman very briefly. He thinks he's good for another three years in the championship. He'd be 36 and a two-year deal, not from a third. That's ambitious, although I think he could actually be good for a couple more years, certainly, the way he plays. Um, Max, one of the interesting things about Brennan Johnson, I find, is obviously penalties. Uh, he's very nimble, isn't he? He gets his body in positions that defenders bring him down. And it happens so often that refs just don't give penalties. Was there was there a worry, and is there still a worry that refs kind of profiled him a bit, even though they gave that penalty on Saturday? Yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, I'm, I think that I, I was really pleased for him that he managed to get that penalty on Saturday because I think he's been totally unfair and him being branded a cheat. Um, I don't think he is. I just think he's a player that can get in the box, and like you said, he gets himself in different positions where he's just easily brought down. And you see sometimes in the Premier League, a lot of strikers like that. I think if VAR was in the Championship, he would have probably had at least, I think, 90, 90 95% of those penalties given. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he, I think it was very harsh. Um, I hope now, though, referees kind of look back and, I mean, we talk a lot about referees. I don't know how the EFL deal with them um, because sometimes we seem to get the similar ones same week and, and, and such and such. But I, I think that sometimes it's, I hope that, referees look back in the past and say actually that decision was unfair and and, and just go into a game and, and, and forget about things in the past whether he might have dived before because um, and I don't think he has but you know if he has forget about it and move on you know it's a different game so yeah referees are a funny one but I am pleased for Johnson that he got he got given those penalties um, well one penalty um, because we think it was just totally unfair for people to call him a cheat, because um, he isn't, and he's just the type of player that gets in tricky positions, and he's a great option for Forrest to have as well. I've been really impressed with him. Hands on heart, did you think Graben would score the penalty? He's missed six out of 16 for Forrest. Um, I don't know, it's a tough one, because sometimes I have to look away with Graben. I, I've, when I was in the away end at Bristol City, I was more confident when Taylor stepped up. I think if Graben had stepped up, I'd be really, I'd have been really nervous, but I was confident when Taylor stepped up. Um he hasn't got the best record at Forest for penalties grabbing. However, in the, the last few times he's he scored, so I was pleased for him again. And, and look, it does his confidence the world of good, doesn't it? Getting on the score sheet again, not once but twice on Saturday. Um, it, it, he only goes from strength to strength, and, and a player that needs confidence as well, and, and strikers need confidence. So I'm sure Cooper will be pleased that he kind of got on the score sheet twice as well. Well, he's the second most prolific player in the squad at the moment, behind Jack Colback, who suddenly found his scoring boots. Um, Guy. Yeah. Talk yeah. about the, the quality of the strike. From a midfielder's point of view, you loved a shot from distance. Uh, Colback caught that volley nice and sweetly, didn't he? How impressed were you? 
that was really great to be fair i was impressed because the technique from the ball com the ball coming from the air and dropping down like that and be able to strike it the way it did and um, i think that was a really good technique and uh, to come back to what you just said is is interesting to see um and sometimes you have things that that doesn't lie you know seeing callback coming back having a really good performance on on saturday scoring a decent goal i think he's coming with the momentum of the new manager how the new manager can bring the best out of him how does he the the, the type of football that we play is suiting him and i think he's really good because he's one of the players with a, a good experience and uh, it was a shame to uh, to not having him because of injury or because of lack of of, of performance so um, i think it's really good it's really good and did, hopefully this goal will give him also a little boost to uh, to, uh, to to push and, uh, and and give his best for, uh, until the end of the season what's it like to be that player out of the side i guess he must have been in his shoes at some point in your yeah. career how hard is it mentally and staying match fit it's, it's difficult, and um, especially when you feel that um, you have a lot to to offer, and um, and then maybe sometimes you don't feel respected because of of different different type of reason. And um, but you know the the hard part is, and and this is life anyway. So it's always you always have to prove yourself, and then sometimes you can you know. Uh, even after ten years, even after for his for for his case, haven't been playing, you know, in top clubs in Premier in Premier League and stuff like that. Then it doesn't matter. You always have to prove yourself and prove that you you worth being in being in the starting eleven. And uh, sometimes, you know, when the manager doesn't doesn't maybe like you or you don't suit him his type of of play, then it's difficult, you know, to accept it and knowing that okay now. I have to prove again myself because I proved it already. So I come from Premier League or whatever. And then sometimes, sometimes it could be difficult. But uh, this is the life of football. So, um, you know, sometimes you have to uh, to deal with it. And uh, I think it's now he's back on the starting eleven and he's doing well. So fair play to him. Yeah, I was going to ask you about James Garner. I suppose is the advice similar there? He's the younger player who's very highly rated at Manchester United and had a great first season at Forest on loan, but he's come back. And I wouldn't say he's played badly, but relatively compared to how he played last season, he's not been the same player. I mean, what advice would you give to a young player, Guy? Is it the same sort of thing as you say about Colback when you're out the side then? Yeah, so I would say to to, to him, it's, um, it's understanding football, understanding the game, which means... Um, there is a huge difference between I come to Nottingham Forest on loan from Manchester United. Um, I'm the young, a young boy from the Academy of Manchester United, so everybody look up to me, etc., etc. And I come to prove myself for a season, and uh, I'm doing well. But then your first season, you have to prove yourself. So you started from your man, you starting like that, and then you play the first game is good, and you carry on playing games and games and games and now there is a difference when you come back again because you still in your mind you're still thinking about the season before while i was playing well and while everybody was supporting me and then sometimes you have expectation and your expectation will be that okay i will be in the starting 11 anyway because of me because of what i was done for the club but it's a new season so it's it's a new beginning so sometimes it's this is the hard part is when you come for the first time you have to conquer and make people understand your quality and make sure that, okay, now they respect me and they want me to play. 
But then when you come back, it's a different mindset. Now people expecting you to be a good player, expecting you to always perform well. So when he first came, maybe people will be, oh, okay, it's a youngster, no problem. So now even the fans and everybody has expectation of him. And then this is the hard part. So he has to focus on his game. He has to 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 bring back his belief and he has to to work to be in a starting eleven. And as soon as he's got an opportunity, he has to take it both hands and uh, and move on. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting what Guy says, Max, I think, isn't it, about proving yourself. I mean, in this Boris midfield, how do you see the situation at the moment? Ryan Yates has to prove himself every game, I think, but he seems to be uh, the top dog at the moment. I mean, how are you ranking the midfielders? Is Yates your number one and then it's a case of Colback at the moment and someone else has got to take that shirt? Yes, I think Yates is, um, is, is definitely one of the, the players that uh, we will take potentially at the first choice, one of the first choice. And there is a big difference with uh, Yet, for example, and other players. So I remember seeing Yet uh, also breaking through the first team. And uh, he has, I think from all the players, we talk a lot about, you know, Alex or, or Brent, uh, Brandon. But then Yet potentially have not less quality, but more to improve, I would say. And I think it's someone that really matures this game to understand that I doesn't need to be able to do this or do that, do extra things or crazy things to show myself. I just have to play extremely simple and know how to do my job. And um, and then today, it's um, I think he's the type of player that always been maybe uh, questioning because a lot of people has been hard with him. So he's someone that never had the time to drop his shoulder and say, okay. Now I'm here, I'm in a comfortable situation. So you've always been in a situation that every day, anyway, people are going to judge me. I have to prove myself compared to maybe callback, which is a different type of player, you know, with uh, maybe more technique or maybe more elegant sometimes. And then therefore, as you say, as we say, we can be complacent. And maybe he was like, okay, today it's fine. I'm, I'm deserved to play. I deserve to be in the first team. And you lost this hanger, for example. But I think yet never lose this hanger because you know where it's coming from and potentially you know where you want to go. You a season ticket holder, Max. You sit in the same seat every game. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah, yeah. the... Uh, like, uh, there's a there's a funny story there because I used to sit by the right of the tunnel. Um, Guy will know because he's sometimes kind of sat mm. near us or be, I've, I've, I've interviewed him in the seats. And then I got and then I got moved um, because of COVID so the players sit in my seat now. Joe Warrell's in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't so, him. <laughs> a bit of a kind of a straw poll around you then as, as fans how do they view Yates because social media is a terrible gauge of things I think I mean is Yates liked by the fans who sit around you every Saturday um, well it depends which ones um, no to be, fair, <laughs> to be fair on 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 Saturday I didn't hear much but I've, I've had games before where I've had someone behind me especially at away games as well that will just constantly hurl abuse at Yates Um I've always been a massive fan of him. I've thought when he's not been in the side, Forrest have missed him. Um, and he really is missed in the midfield kind of duo or depending on what formation you play. So, yeah, I think uh, especially that question you ask Guy as well in, in terms of, you know, is Yates the number one and then it's Garner and Colback? Yeah, probably um, for me. Um, I, was, I think it's been quite interesting to see Zinc and Argel as well on the bench in the last few weeks. Um, someone that's come on and, and when Forrest are in need of that creativity, he's given it really and um, he's kind of brought that magic spark on really and, and and almost been a little bit of a super sub so so yeah um but no in, in terms of the fans around me I think that I, I think generally that because the because we're winning football games um and when Forrest are winning on the pitch 
people don't really you know some of some fans don't really seem to look at other kind of issues or, or or players on the pitch or even off the stuff pitch so i think it's a good feel at the moment um around everyone so so yeah but you know sometimes you get the odd one behind you that that will give yates abuse but i think he's a really key player for forest and when he isn't in the squad i think we're missing him and um, i think the squad's worse off what would you say Guy, to a fan if you were a player who's given a teammate or yourself abuse i mean it seems counterproductive to me what would you say to that fan if you were if you were there now with them I'm someone always looking for the positive of situation and potentially because I've been in the game, so I had to deal with the situation anyway. But um, what I would say to Yat more than the, the fans is uh, don't worry about that and just it will make you a better player. And as I say, potentially the fact that he's always focused and, you know, he's someone, why is the number one of the number one choices for me in the midfield is because as a manager, it's important to know that when I, I, I put him in the field, I know that it will give me hundred percent, and I know that it will not be, you know, complacent, and it will know how to stay focused. And I think that's the the hardest part with the of the game, also of football, because sometimes you have a good game and you think that, you know, you're the new uh, Paul Scholes or Cristiano Ronaldo or whatever, and then sometimes next game you're not good, <laughs> not good enough. So, so um, I would say to him that you know, try to take every, every the positive of at um, every situation. And uh, and just move on, you know. And he's doing so, he's doing well so far. So just carry on doing the same thing. Uh, moving on, a lot of the comments are along this line about Neil Warnock leaving Middlesbrough. Everyone is very worried now about Jed Spence being recalled in January. Uh, I spoke to the counterpart in Middlesbrough today, and he said the one thing Middlesbrough lack is a good right wing back, and he thinks he'd be recalled if they can. And the indications are they probably can do. It doesn't mean they will. I mean. Spence might want to stay or something, but Max, fan you know, as, as a fan, a big worry at the moment? Big worry. I've, I've, in fact, I was, I was speaking to a few people this morning about it as well, and I think that um, it's a difficult one. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Guy will probably be able to answer this question better than me, but I always want to know, kind of, is it up to the player? So it, you know, if Jed Spence is enjoying his football and his time at Forest and he's settled in really well and he's enjoying being under Steve Cooper, does he want to stay or is it really ultimately Mid- Middlesbrough's decision? Um I don't know. I, I think it's a difficult one. It depends almost what formation and how Chris Wilder assesses the team. Because obviously, he's just got the poorer job. So, um, you know, whether he wants Spence to be in, in his plans. And you've got to remember that Wilder um, has probably kept a close eye on Forrest as well because he was obviously close to link with the job as well. So he's probably been watching Spence. And I think that I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if Forrest managed to keep hold of him, which is, you know, which is really disappointing in a way. But I think we've got to do everything we can. I think the club have really got to work together and, and, and just kind of see see what they can do ultimately because I think if he goes then it's going to be a big a big blow and, and, and who else do you put there really I think we need to start giving um, Ajida more time uh, personally um, as a backup option as well so it's a difficult one I really hope he stays but I can't see it happening really and maybe that's been me being too <laughs> me being too negative but I think Forrest should just go all guns blazing and go and get him Whatever it takes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Wilder was there actually at Forest on Saturday, and I think he was watching Spence, and he does play wing back. So, I mean, Guy, how are you feeling about it? Like Max says, give us some picture of a, around a move. A loan's a bit different, but if Spence digs his heels in and say, "I want to play, stay at Forest," does that make any difference at all? Um, not. I don't think. I don't think so. To be fair, I think it's down to the club what they really want to do. If they deserve and think that we need a, a, a right back. 
in the end, the, the player is, uh, is, a, is a Middlesbrough player. So they will say you have to give your duty and come back to the club and do what you have to do. So I think the, the, the player can say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm well settled in Nottingham Forest. I'm doing well. I'm, you know, my football is good. But in the end, if Middlesbrough decided and the, the, the sport director decided that we miss a ride bike, for example, they weren't going to let the player go to Nottingham Forest and maybe reach the, the playoff, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and so on. And uh, no, it's, for me, it's, um, it will be down to the club decision, even though uh, if Nottingham tried to do something, maybe if Nottingham say, OK, we want to buy him, then it's different business. But... I think it's uh, it's it, it won't be down to him to make the decision. I don't think so. Do you think then, Max, looking at keeping this squad together, is that more important than trying to add to it in a sense when you know Christmas comes around? Um, yeah, I mean, Forest have been kind of known for for panic buying in a way. Um, so 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 yeah, I think that we need to kind of add. I, I think certain positions need need to be strengthened and a little bit more depth. Um, but I don't think many changes in January at all. Um, and I'd probably say that it might actually unsettle the squad, um, you know, with players having to kind of adapt and gel with each other. So, so yeah, personally, I'd much rather sign Jed Spence than go out and buy three more right-backs that might not be any use. Um, so, 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 yeah. And one thing that Spence brings to the team as well is he's passionate. And I think a lot of them are, they want to wear the shirt. Um, and for a lone player, I think, you know, I think a lot of Forest fans have already fallen in love with a lone player and, and, and we, we've had lone players in the past where they've not really cared and, you know, they haven't gave, given everything to the shirt, whereas someone like Spence has just been remarkable and I, I just think every game he puts 100% effort in and, and, you know, gets his reward at the end. Have you been in dressing rooms, Guy, with players who come in on loan and don't give a, uh, don't care? I can't swear on this podcast. But have you, <laughs> you, has that happened to you in your experience? Um, yeah, yeah, it's really difficult to be fair. It's really difficult because it's the same thing. Sometimes when you come on loan, you're supposed to come from a bigger club, potentially, which means you're supposed to come with a position that I'm coming from a bigger club, so I'm here to play football. And then sometimes you can come and not really playing and uh, you're not really affiliated to the club because your real contract is not with this football club. So the, the future of the football club, it's, it doesn't really matter for you. And uh, sometimes it could be difficult. And that's why I rate um, what Billy David done at the time. It's um, to come back to what you just said, Max, he kept the same squad, but all the players that was on loan, he signed them. Mm. So now he, he, he knew that by signing the player, the player has committed to the club. The future of the club is, is the result of what the player will do. So... What he done, he just kept the same squad and he, and he signed the lone player. And now you commit it to the club and you know that you really give 100%. But that's the hard part. When you have a player that come on loan, it's just, why is the principle of the loan? When we're honest with a player that come on loan, it's because he's not playing in his football club and he's here to play games. He's not necessarily here to, to achieve a big target with the football club, except playing games, gain my confidence back, maybe going back to my football club or maybe staying for this football club if everything goes well. So when you take some lone player, sometimes it's done for them. You have to get you do your research and know that is this player is really professional when you when 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 he, uh, in terms of you know doing his job. Because in the end of the day, as I say, when he comes to the football club it's just to play games and get his confidence back. And sometimes as a player, 
You know, now football is a lot of statistics. Maybe you're not playing well, but if in the end of the season we say, okay, play 30 plus games, then for for the for the for the people it's a good season, even though you haven't played well. So sometimes people coming back after an injury, they want to get the confidence back or whatever, or they just want to take some stats, you know, in terms of okay, I'm coming to Nottingham Forest, I play 30 plus games, so that's a good season done. So, um, so that's the particularity that could be difficult with a, a lone player. Um, the other player I want to talk about, and I don't want to talk about players who might go, but Joe Worrell did an interview with um, Robin Chipperfield, that people should check out, which is really interesting, where he spoke very honestly about how close he came to leaving in the summer, spoke to a, form, spoke to a Premier League manager and uh, agreed basically the move by the sound of it. Um, I had no problem with the interview at all. I've, I've interviewed a lot of players and sometimes you come out of it and wonder what the point was because they've not actually said anything. Uh, that's not the case with Joe. What do you make of it as a, a fan, Max, when a player comes out and talks about potentially leaving the club? Were you, were you bothered at all? No, not really. Um, maybe that's just because, I don't know, I've, I've, I'm, I've kind of done stuff with, with, with players before and spoke to them. I, I don't know. I think it's a difficult one, but fans will look at it from a different point of view. And if I'm kind of putting the fan sense on it, and maybe see it, but then still, come on. I think people should realise that you know Joe Warrell has given everything to this club, and 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 he, and he has stayed at us with us during difficult times. And I am surprised that he is still here. I thought a Premier League club would have snapped him up by now. So for him to come out and talk that he wants to reach the top, and every player wants to reach the top, and that's their aim, you know. Um, there's only so much you can do at Forest, whether Forest end up in the Championship for a few more years or or end up going to the to the top flight, he wants to play that kind of Premier League football. So if an opportunity comes along for him and he went, let's say, in, in January or at the end of the season, as much as it'd be disappointing, I wouldn't have anything against um, against Joe at all. So, no, I think it was kind of just you, the, the usual people on Twitter, really. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I'm surprised he's here as well. I mean, Guy, do you, does Warrell look like a Premier League quality player to you? I think he's someone that has a lot more to improve on this game. And I think... Uh, um, I think it's a, it's it's good to hear that uh, his honesty first of all that uh, you know it's, it's honest and say yes I've got some opportunities and I wanted to uh, to take them potentially and uh, it's good also to have some people looking up to go um, to the Premier League because that means that they know that first of all to be able to achieve that I need to play well in my football team so I need to be the best so in they're in a mindset of try to always improve myself to be the best and if they're the best version of themselves then they will play good on a, on the saturday but um yes i think uh, joe has still have a lot to improve um, and i think the the best way to improve himself is to be able to compete with the best i hope you will have the the the, the, the opportunity to do that and um and then we will see the 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 best out of him what he can do and how far he can he, he can play it kind of leads into what I was going to perhaps finish discussing with this week. There's a comment here from Christian about other than the top three, there's no one in the division we should be worried about. I mean, I don't actually think West Brom are that good either. But um, what did you what did you make of Forest Gear? I mean, how good do you think they are? Where can they improve? I appreciate you haven't seen too much of them this season. Yeah, yeah. But do, do they look a particularly good side to you this year under Cooper? Yeah, for me, for me, honestly, they play well. They play really well. And um, they play good football, and um, but I want I would like to see them playing against a tough team, you know, a more physical team, and see how they can how they handle it. Um, now they've been in the front foot. I haven't seen them playing away, so it's kind of hard for me to be able to judge um, the and to judge the team compared to the other one because 
to be honest, I haven't seen that many, that much game. You've seen more games, Max, home and away. I've seen quite a few. I mean, it feels to me like there's an opportunity for someone this season. I think I heard you uh, talking a little bit about West Brom there. I don't think they're that good. I think Fulham can blow up on their day. I think Bournemouth are really good and probably going to walk the league by quite a way. What can Forrest do? I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but do you feel like there's an opportunity there for some team in the Championship to come up on the rails? Yeah, I do. Um, it could be similar to how Villa were uh, when they went on kind of that crazy. Was it 10 games unbeaten or something like that? Yeah, 12 straight wins or something mad. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah it was something crazy like that. So potentially, yeah. Um, I think Christmas is a good point for Forest to kind of look at themselves and assess where we are. If we can stay you know, where we are now, really, 13th and, and 12th, come Christmas we can really push on and especially a few more additions and more time over the kind of Christmas break and, and, and games in because that kind of I mean over Christmas it's such a busy period so that kind of really makes or breaks um, teams in a way I think I kind of think you kind of see that with Forest in the past that often managers get sacked after the new year um, because it can be a really, really a really important time for clubs so so yeah um, I mean not getting ahead of ourselves too much Um Financial, uh, you know, I think parachute payments and the financial fair play stuff with Bournemouth and Fulham is just ridiculous. I mean, they will literally walk the league, um, like you said, Matt, and, and, and that's because players are on ridiculous amount of money for, for the championship and, and they get away with all sorts. So, um, so yeah, Forrest, it, it, it'll be tough, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm confident. I, I, I always say that I'm confident as I ever have been before, but I said that under Lamucci um, and look how that turned out. So, you know, it is Nottingham Forest. We have to remind ourselves um, that, that, that sometimes it is that. So I think take one game at a time, but I think I, I think we can be in the playoffs or near about at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you say, Fulham and Bournemouth are very good. There's an opportunity for someone. Forest could fall apart still probably and it could all go wrong in January this is not in Forest but it's, at least it's nice to be optimistic certainly um, Guy why don't I mean you've been on this podcast for a whole episode about Guy's career which is really interesting people to check it out but just um, just tell people what you're up to these days because people will be interested in, uh, you're a busy man still aren't you uh, uh, yes 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 so um, I built up a startup four years ago and uh, basically it's um, a rehabilitation devices that we uh, that we uh, recreated to help uh, people to uh, to optimize muscle strength. So we're talking about doing some exercise, some functional exercise, and be able to maintain the muscle autonomy. So it could be interesting in um, in post-operation phase in rehabilitation when people try to rebuild muscle strength after a trauma, or it could be interesting in uh, in football club, for example, for for some of the players that want to accelerate the process of rehabilitation because of a big injury or ACL repair or whatever. And it could be also interesting for the, the elderly. So, you know, when reaching a certain age, some people losing muscle strength, and that's why they go into house cases because they're not able to walk alone or stuff like that. And that's because they gain weaker. And uh, so it's something that, you know, we, uh, we, um, we, uh, we bring this solution to help them to, to maintain or optimize the muscle strength in order to live better. So he kept me a little bit busy, traveling a lot, and um, yes, that's my new uh, that's my new journey, and I'm I'm pleased about it. Uh, Max, Max, stay with Max. He's back. I see. Uh, give us a quick plug for it. Where can people follow it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, YouTube, all of that stuff. Twitter as well. Um, so we kind of get some 
we're trying to do different videos this year, some more post-match stuff with a bit of reaction and, and we'll kind of see where it goes. But yeah, um, all good. Thanks very much, Matt. Uh, one last thing that I've got to plug. We've got a competition for some signed mugs, three from Paul Hart, three from Gary Bursles and one from David Prusson. So if you go to our Twitter account, at GaribaldiRed underscore, at GaribaldiRed underscore, and follow and retweet that, you'll get your name in the hat for that. Uh, and then we'll be back on Monday with a former player interview, which I think you would have played with this guy, Guy Simon Cox. He'd be an old teammate of yours, would he? Yes, 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 yes. That's a laugh that suggests is, is you go yeah, well with him. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, we've got uh, we we go at each other on social media in, the, in, in DMs in private. But yeah, good guy, love him. <laughs> yeah, I spoke to him uh, on Friday. It's really interesting. There's some good stuff about Billy and Stuart Pierce and uh, his time at Forest and what he's up to now. So do check that out on Monday. And we might come back on Thursday uh, with Sarah Clapson and do a bit of a Q&A if the mood takes us. But otherwise, well, I think we'll leave it there for today. So, uh, Guy, really appreciate it. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And Max, thanks very much. And you're both welcome back anytime. Cheers, Matt. Thank you. Cheers, Guy. Max. Slow down, my friend. You're getting too tall to me now. You have to calm down. <laughs> Every time I see him, he's getting taller and taller. He's going to be taller than me. I'm going to do another interview soon. picture in 2013 or something like this. Yeah. You were like, that? Now I'm looking at... <laughs> I know, yeah, we're level now. We can, use yeah, it's crazy. we can use clip-on mics instead of a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, oh, amazing, amazing. Well, it's good to see you both. And thanks very much. And we shall be back uh, this time next week. Thanks very much, everyone. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 